Thank you for listening to the Alliance Church Podcast. We desire to connect you with God and one another, whether here in Wisconsin or around the world. Let's listen into this week's message. Well, good morning, church. Everyone joining us online, good morning out in Hortonville. Hey, listen, my name's Brandon, and I gotta say, I'm, I'm so happy to be here right now. But to be honest with you, this was not my plan. I did not plan to be here. Nor was it Pastor Brian's plan to be, you know, at home uh, sick as a dog all weekend. It was my plan to be in Hortonville, and it was Pastor Brian's plan to be here. And I know it's killing him right now uh, to, to not be here. I know there's no place he'd rather be than, than right here with the congregation, spending the morning with you, this, this awesome group that he cherishes so much. Uh, but here's the deal. I trust that even though it wasn't, wasn't my plan, it wasn't our plan, I, I, I can't remember if we prayed this or not. I'm pretty sure last week we prayed, your will be done. Didn't we pray that? Was that us? Was that here? I, th- I think we prayed, God, your plan be done here. So I'm just going to trust that even though it wasn't our plan, God's always got a better plan. And this is exactly the plan he wanted to happen. And so we're going to have a, a good Sunday. Anyways, does that sound good? All right. Hey, so um, before I move into my message, very important order of business. We cel- celebrated Veterans Day on Friday. And uh, this is important. Uh, So on behalf of Alliance Church, I would like to say to my fellow veterans, those of you who left home, you left family, you left comfort, those of you who missed weddings and birthdays and funerals, those of you who remember uh, spending Thanksgiving Day in a foreign country, those of you who remember the loneliness of standing watch, on Christmas morning, those of you who risked your body and your marriage and your mental health and even your own life, those of you who lost fellow airmen and soldiers and Marines and sailors, friends, um, those of you who served and are currently serving in our military, would, would you stand and receive this blessing? All our veterans... Stay standing here. Stay, hold on just a second. For the service you gave, for the sacrifice you made, would God's richest blessing fall upon you and follow you? Would he keep you and give you peace in Jesus' name? And would the same be true for all who follow in your footsteps? Uh, brothers and sisters who served this country's military, We thank you. At this church, we appreciate you. Go ahead. So the, the, the past few weeks, we've been, we've been kind of deep diving into the Lord's Prayer. We've been examining closely each portion, each petition. And this morning, we arrive at the fifth petition, which has to do with forgiveness. 
And now forgiveness is one of those words that we say so often in the church world that it can kind of start to lose its definition, can't it, right? It's like on uh, The Princess and the Bride. You guys remember when Vizzini keeps saying, inconceivable. And at a certain point, Inigo Montoya looks at him and he says, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think that it means. <laughs> All right, Christians, man, we talk about forgiveness a lot. Right, and and we, 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 we know that we need to receive forgiveness from God, and we, by now, I think, we talk about it often enough. Most of us know that we're supposed to extend forgiveness to others. We, we talk about forgiveness a lot, but we rarely pause and discuss what does forgiveness actually mean? Like, if we, if we don't understand what forgiveness actually is, we're going to be pretty confused about how to do it and why we should do it. And we're going to go out of these doors and we're going to cause a lot of problems anytime we talk about it. And we're going to have not a few problems of our own concerning this subject. So this morning, I would like to look closely at what Jesus says about forgiveness in Matthew chapter 6. And what I would like is for us to get clarity on what Jesus is saying, and then I want us to hear his strong exhortation to be people who forgive. And I believe that if we get a rich understanding of forgiveness, we will be able to respond to that exhortation with joy. So uh, I'm going to read the passage. Then let, let's pray together. Would you do this with me? When, when, when I pray, after we read the passage, would you pray with me in your heart that God would just help us all to get this and, and, and to receive it? Um, and then I want to look at it a little more closely. And just here's my goal. My goal is that by the time we're done this morning, you'll have a little bit deeper understanding of forgiveness and having that little bit more rich, full understanding of forgiveness, you will be more able to receive forgiveness from God and more able to extend it to other people. Okay, so here's, here's the passage. Jesus is teaching on, on prayer and how to pray. He says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. So would you pray with me now, church? Jesus, we hear it right here you saying that we need to, on a very regular basis, ask God to forgive us. And we also need to be forgiving as well. We see that there's this correlation 
this deep correlation between being forgiven and being able to forgive. And so I pray, Lord, that you would help us get this. I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't dismiss this. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would not be hard right now. I pray, Lord, that we would not be distracted from what you want to say to your people in this moment. So God, give us open ears. Give us, give us soft hearts to receive your word. And I pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Okay, so to understand forgiveness, you gotta understand justice. Right? Justice is about, is about balance in society. You notice anytime you see a statue or a painting of Lady Justice, she always has scales in her hands, doesn't she? Why? Because uh, a balance, a just society is to be a balanced, a fair, a reasonable society. So, so if, I, if I wrong you, or if you wrong someone else, those scales go out of balance. And it's like a debt has been incurred. And for those scales to be restored, for that balance to be restored, uh, something has to be done. The debt has to be paid. Like, and justice may have to be served. Like Lady Justice might have to use her sword. She may have to administer law and authority to, to bring the balances back, back into, into balance. And when she does so, it must be in a just way. If the balances are like this, the justice uh, has to be proportionate to the crime so that, so that they don't swing the wrong way. This is called in Latin, lex talionis. It's the law of retaliation, meaning the punishment's got to fit the crime, both in the kind of punishment and the degree of the punishment. This is where we get out of uh, Exodus, I believe, chapter 21, Levit uh, Deuteronomy chapter 19, uh, a life for a life. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot, a burn for a burn, so on and so forth, meaning the punishment should always fit the crime. So if someone steals a lollipop, we don't send them to the electric chair. Likewise, if someone is a serial arsonist, we, we don't slap them on the wrist and say, no, no, Try harder next time. No, justice means appropriate punishment is exacted upon those who violate the law. And now there are the laws of the land and there are, there's God's law. And if you violate the laws of the land, you're accountable to uh, the, the authorities of the land. And if you violate God's law, you're accountable to God's authority. And therefore, justice is to be imposed uh, by God concerning his law and civil authorities concerning the law of the land. Now, the challenge is, is that wrongdoing is always personal to someone, isn't it? Someone always gets hurt. And there's this universal tendency when we are hurt, when we are wronged, there's this universal tendency to seek vengeance, to get revenge and which is to take justice into our own hands. Well, the problem with revenge is that it always seems to be inflamed with hurt and anger. 
and, and passion and bitterness and therefore often desires disproportionate retribution. Revenge is usually excessive. Justice says a tooth for a tooth. Revenge says, I want to knock all his teeth out. You see the difference? Forgiveness, then, is a decision to entrust justice into the hands of God. You process that? Forgiveness gives that justice over to God and does things on his terms. God, I surrender my right to revenge. I commit to doing this on your term. So forgiveness doesn't mean justice doesn't get served. It just means I'm not going to give in to my intense desire to serve it myself. I'm going to choose to not harbor bitterness Eye for an eye. Forgiveness doesn't mean no one's losing an eye. It just means I put down my scalpel. And one of the other tools I may have collected. Some people might need to put down their chainsaw too. <laughs> never, never pulled out an eye. Don't know how big of a job it is. And I wouldn't mind inflicting a little collateral damage, if you know what I'm saying. Right? It, it, I, I don't sit and stew. I'm not dreaming up about how I'd like to just get a hold of that person and make them pay up. I trust that God, I trust God that He is going to make sure the debt gets paid. Now, the idea is that wrong has been done, debt has been incurred, and someone's got to pay for that debt. Justice sees to it that that debt is paid. Forgiveness allows that debt to be paid justly. You process that? It's with that concept in mind that I would like to look at what Jesus teaches about forgiveness and then talk about how we can forgive. So the first thing I want you to see in here, and some of this might seem very obvious from what we just read, uh, but I don't want us to miss it. Now, the first thing I want you to see is that Jesus says on a regular basis, we need to ask God for forgiveness. Right? When you pray, he's saying pray. When you pray, I want you to do this on a regular basis. Pray, Father, would you forgive us our debts? Now, the first question you might come to your mind is, wait a second. I, I, I thought I was already forgiven. Which one is it? Am I forgiven or do I need to pray for forgiveness? Like when I put my faith in Jesus Christ and I surrendered to him as Lord and I asked him to forgive me, didn't he forgive me? Here's the deal. It is possible, it is possible to be perfectly forgiven and still need to ask for forgiveness. When God saves you, you are indeed forgiven. Like the debt is paid. The scales are balanced. And now here's the thing. When God saves you, he brings us, when God saves us, he brings us into a relationship with him. And it's a scales balanced 
relationship, but it's also an ongoing relationship. And we never want to be the husband that says, listen, I told you I loved you the day we got married and I'll let you know if anything changes, right? It's an ongoing relationship. It's a scales balance relationship, but we add fresh disobedience to that equation on a regular basis. And none of this cancels our former forgiveness, uh, but it does hurt the relationship, especially on our end. Like we keep piling it on the scale and God, God's sitting there willing to just keep taking it off and keep those scales balanced as, as long as we want. But here's the deal. Jesus doesn't want us to get to the point where we where our hearts are so hard and calloused by sin that we think we no longer need God's forgiveness. It is for the sake of the restoration of the personal and intimate fellowship that we have with God, which can be hindered by sin, that Jesus the one who died to bring us into a relationship with God teaches us to pray, Father, would you, would you forgive me my debts? Would you forgive us our debts? You want to learn how to forgive others? Jesus says, step one, ask God to forgive you. Second thing I want us, wants to see today is that Jesus says on a regular basis, we should be forgiving others. On a regular basis, we should be, verse 12, and forgive us our debts, listen to this language, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Like that we are forgiving is just assumed in Jesus' language. What is implied in this sentence is that this is so who we are that we've already done it and we've been doing it and we're going to keep doing it. We are a forgiven community. So logically, we should be a forgiving community. It's just the way it's supposed to work, right? Forgiveness, here's how it's supposed to work. Forgiveness is supposed to be constantly flowing from God through us to others. It's a constant flow. Forgiveness flowing from us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who are in debt to us. On a regular basis, we should be asking God for forgiveness and we should be forgiving others. Why? Jesus gives the why now, and this is what I want you to see. The third thing, Jesus says, why is this? Because there is a deep-seated correlation between forgiving and being forgiven. Verses 14 and 15, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Forgiveness is designed to flow from God through us to others. And it's like the shutoff valve is upstream of us. There's only one shutoff valve and it's, and it's before our lives, not after. It's upstream. Like we can't shut it off out here without 
cutting off the supply up here. Does that make sense? Like we can't kink the hose of forgiveness that goes out to other people without kinking the one that flows into our own lives. The forgiven community must be a forgiving community and it is insanity to think that we would ask God, that we would dare ask God for something that we are unwilling to give to others. Jesus taught a parable in Matthew 18 of a servant who owed his master an unpayable debt, an enormous unpayable amount of money and he falls down on his knees before the master and he begs him he says please would you anything would you forgive this debt and the master complies he has mercy on him and he forgives his debt and now the first thing that servant does is goes out and finds someone else who owes him money and he, and, he, and he grabs the guy and he starts choking him. He says, pay up. He throws him in the debtor's prison. And the master catches wind of this and brings the guy in. And he's like, hold on. I forgave you of so much. Yet you are unwilling to forgive your debtor? He said, you just totally missed the point. He says, get him out of here. Throw him in the jail. People will read passages like this and try to make them easier to swallow. Don't. God takes forgiveness seriously. Now, these passages are not designed to instill fear in us necessarily, but to wake us up. Jesus was constantly saying hard things to wake people up. God takes forgiveness seriously and forgiven people forgive. It's just, it's just what they do. And so if you're unwilling to forgive, if you're unwilling to give it to someone else, you might want to check. There might be a kink in the hose of forgiveness between you and God. And that is the strong exhortation Jesus has for us that I believe uh, he wants us to hear. I want us to hear the strong exhortation is that the forgiven community must be a forgiving community. We are a community who entrusts justice into the hands of God. Jesus says we must forgive. So with the idea of forgiveness being someone else is paying the debt, the debt is being paid, and I'm entrusting the payment of that debt over to God and doing it on his terms. I'm entrusting justice to him. And, and the, the, the idea that it, Jesus says it is non-negotiable that his people forgive, I ask the question, how can we forgive? And now this is gonna be a bit simple. It's far more complex than this, but I don't want to leave here this morning without giving some, some, at least some steps that, we can, that, we, that you can take, that we can all take and start applying, all right? How can we do this? Uh, four things. Real quick, I'll go through them and then one at a time. Make the decision, navigate the implications, process the emotions, and ask for help. First one, make the decision. This is where the process of forgiveness starts. 
is making the decision, deciding to forgive, even when you don't feel like it. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It is an act of the will. You choose to surrender your right to revenge. Like, I, I have to, if I'm gonna forgive, I have to choose to put it into God's hands and then deal with it on God's terms. And I'm gonna talk about on God's terms in just a second. But step one, make the decision. Step two, navigate the implications. Now, there, there's gonna be implications upon the relationship. What is this gonna mean for the relationship? What's this gonna mean for me? What's this gonna mean for the other person? Navigate the implications, okay? It is possible to forgive and step back from the relationship. It is possible to forgive and set up healthy boundaries. It is possible to forgive and protect yourself. It is possible. Forgiveness and reconciliation are not synonymous. They're not the same thing. It is possible to, to forgive and put in things that'll protect you from being hurt further. It is possible in the cases uh, where uh, the law of the land has been broken, it is possible to forgive and pursue justice. I want you to hear this. It is possible to forgive and call the police. It is possible to forgive and testify in court. It is possible to forgive and file for a restraining order. In fact, it is not love to allow someone to keep hurting you or other people. It's not love to the person who is doing the hurting, and it's not love to the people who could be hurt. In fact, one of the, mo the most loving thing you could do for a dangerous person sometimes is to put a jail cell around them. And one of the most Christ-like things we can do is protect someone vulnerable from being hurt. So it is possible to forgive and do these things. In fact, I would say you should forgive before you do these things because then you can do these things with a, a, a clear conscience knowing that it is truly justice you are pursuing. Like it is, if you forgive before you testify in court or you forgive before you put in the relational boundaries, you will know that you are more likely to be doing that for the right reasons. That it'll, it is truly justice you're pursuing. And you're not just sort of working the channels of justice to accomplish revenge. Right. Why, when we forgive, you know what we can ask? We can say, why am I doing this really? So make the decisions navigate the implications. Number three, process the emotions. This is so important, guys. Process the emotions. And this one's a marathon, not a sprint. Especially if you've been hurt. Especially if you've been hurt bad. Process the emotions. Listen, the deeper the wound, the harsher the pain, the longer the process. Now, forgiveness isn't a feeling, but it involves feelings 
Forgiveness is a roller coaster and our feelings always come along for the ride. You might find yourself saying, like, I, I thought I had forgiven this person, but I'm feeling angry again. I'm feeling bitter at them again. And then you get nervous, like, man, Jesus says, if I don't forgive them, I, he's not gonna forgive, the Father's not gonna forgive me, and does this mean I didn't actually forgive the person? Stop, 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 stop. Listen, if you think, man, it's been all this time, and I thought it was over, but now I feel this again, here's what this means. The wound was deeper than you thought. You just got some more work to do. <laughs> Healing is a process. There's more, there's more wound to, to work through. So bring it back to God again. Pray through it more. Talk to someone. Maybe see a counselor about the thing is. Whatever the case, don't be discouraged by it. Don't give in to it. Pay attention to it. It's telling you something. When, you, when that anger comes back up, it's letting you know something. Figure that out. Make the decision, navigate the implications, process the emotions, and finally, ask for help. This one isn't a step. This one goes with all the steps. When you're making the decision, God, I wanna forgive, but I don't even wanna forgive. Help me, help me to make this decision. When you're navigating the implication, God, this is so hard and confusing and messy, and there's so much to navigate. Lord, would you give me wisdom? Would you lead me through this? When you're processing the motions, boy, howdy, we need the presence of God so much. Ask for help. Ask, ask others for sure, but here's what I'm really saying. Ask God for help. We don't have what it takes to truly forgive, right? You think about that. Where does forgiveness, it's, it's designed to flow from God through us to other people. That means without God's supply, we don't have what it takes to forgive. There's a wonderful testimony of Corey Ten Boom. You can watch for yourself on YouTube. And she talks about years after the war, she's preaching on forgiveness in, in Berlin. And a man came up to her afterward and said, Miss Ten Boom, do you forgive me too? And he was one of the guards at the concentration camp she was in. And she said images just flooded her mind of his cruelty, the suffering, watching her own sister die under this man's abuse. And she said, I could not. Corey says, I, I realized I myself had no forgiveness. And then she remembers Matthew 6.15, this very verse. If you don't forgive others, the Father's not gonna forgive you. And it terrifies her. But then she remembers Romans 5.5, 5, which says that the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been, been given to us. And then she said, I was not able. I could only hate him. But then I remembered that God could forgive him. And she said, thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. She says, that same moment, I was free and could say, brother, give me your hand. 
and I shook hands with him and it, it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. And then she says this, you never touched so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. And then Corey asks us all this question, can you forgive? You might, you might be scared to forgive because you feel like you're gonna let the person off the hook. Like what if, you might be scared to forgive because what if justice isn't served? Listen, it doesn't matter if a person's evil act manages to sneak by every single legal system on the planet. We all have a much more meticulous judge who awaits us just on the other side of eternity. No sin, not a single misstep gets let off the hook. Our God is a God of justice. Not a single sin will go unpunished. That is good news for someone who is trying to forgive an evil person. It is bad news for those of us who have sinned. What if justice isn't served? Here's a better question. If God is truly just, how is there any forgiveness at all? Here's how God forgives. He doesn't just let people off the hook. He doesn't cancel debt. Jesus paid the debt. See, forgiveness was not free. It cost Jesus everything. Forgiveness was not free. Jesus paid the price. And here's what you ought to understand. If you want to be able to forgive and receive God's forgiveness, you have to understand that every single sin will either fall upon our guilty shoulders or on the shoulders of Jesus while he's hanging on the cross. We can be punished in the next life for our sins or we can trust that Jesus paid the price to be punished for our sins. And God just says, will you trust me with that? Will you entrust justice to me? Will you trust me with justice that should go to you? And would you trust me with justice that's supposed to go to other people? Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven those who are in debt to us. Would you try to pay your own debt? Repent of that. Ask God for forgiveness. Jesus already paid. And so I remind you of the words, if you would find the communion elements now, I remind you of the words our Lord spoke on the night he was betrayed, the night he would before he would go to the cross, after giving thanks, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. And likewise, 
He took the cup. So this is my blood poured out for a new covenant, a new chance at a relationship with God. Without the shedding of Jesus's blood, there is no forgiveness. This reminds us that Jesus paid it all. Take now and drink. If you have never received the forgiveness of God, we're gonna close in prayer. We're gonna respond in song. And then afterwards, I'll hang out right over there. If you wanna come up and say, I'm, re I'm ready to receive God's forgiveness, come talk. We'll, we'll, pr we'll pray through it. Would you pray with me now? Jesus, you paid it. You paid it all. You did everything necessary to cancel our debts. You hung on the cross in our place as our substitute. Jesus, there's no way we could balance those scales. We've done everything we could. Lord, since I woke up this morning, I gave enough uh, material to tip the scales in the wrong direction, Lord. But you forgive and you are willing to forgive. And you offer forgiveness to everyone in this room right now. You offer forgiveness to everyone watching this online. You offer forgiveness to all of us. And you offer it freely. It can be, our debt can be paid because you paid it. And that just sets us free to be able to forgive. So now, would you forgive us our debts? And would you help us to be people who forgive others who are indebted to us? In Jesus' glorious and beautiful name, amen.